to celebrate. I um, hope you've been having some good family time and some delicious feasting. But um, yeah, it's so good to be able to come together on a Sunday morning and spend together um, worshipping our God. Um, as we embark on today's service, let us prepare our hearts by contemplating the call to worship. From Psalm 71 verse 8, it says, My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. So let's keep this verse in mind today as we praise our God. May everything we say and do reflect His light and be a declaration of who He is. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for another day where we can gather as Your church. Thank You that we can worship and praise You and declare Your splendour free from persecution. May today's service be a humble offering of our worship. We invite Your Holy Spirit to unite us in songs of praise, in teaching, and lead us to Your truth and conviction. We pray all this in your precious name. Amen. Hello. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Sunday Service Church. Um, shall we all stand and worship our Lord together?
who received the sermon today and receive God's word. Just remember that it is his salvation um, that we lay upon to save us.
please be seated. Thanks, Violet. Thanks, music team. Yes, we would love to stand before our God and surrender and our heart abandoned. I love that song. Um, just want to invite the offering stewards forward as we partake in a time of offering. Just want to remind everyone that if you don't understand the meaning of offering, um, to let the bag pass, it is a form of worship that we can give back to our God just a fraction of what he's provided us, the abundance of provision he's given us, and it's just an opportunity to give back. Let's all stand and pray for the offering together. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we give you all our thanks because everything comes from you and we have only given what comes from your hand. Amen. Please be seated. Just got a couple of announcements today. Um, the first one is um, a reminder about our youth worker that we're looking for. Um, I think, yeah, there's an advertisement online christianjobs.com.au so if you know anyone um, who may be interested or if you've got networks that you can share that position with um, please do so um, oh wait it's meant to be applied by the oh yeah applications close on the 16th of February so very soon so please share that ASAP um, and there is a link in the bulletin um, for the application as well so I invite T up to make an announcement about our upcoming church picnic. Who did that? Hey church, um, yes, it's me again. Um, yeah, just a quick one about the church picnic. So it is gonna be uh, 12 p.m. 24th of February at Thornham Park. It'll be bring a dish, um, probably bring a chair too, so I'm not sure how the seating may be. Uh, we'll have some people come a bit early just to get a good spot. Um, there is actually a Facebook event, I'm not sure if you know, uh, but I will post a link to that in the uh, CCMA WhatsApp. Um, and if you have the link already, please share it to your friends. Um, I have checked the weather uh, in two weeks, so it'll be 31 and sunny, so, which is good. Um, uh, as I said, there's a lot to do there, uh, best playground in SA. So yeah, see you there. Bye. Thanks, Terence. I'm excited. I want to see this playground. Um, alrighty, so with announcements over, just want to invite KFC to head off to your class. First one for the year, I believe. Woo! Woo! Behave for your teachers. <laughs> alrighty, so invite you guys to move forward and fill up the front row. I mean, not, yeah, if you want to. Um, so today we actually have Reverend Joshua coming to us live from the US delivering the sermon. Um, so I'm going to do a little intro with him, but I'll just briefly um, announce. So the title is Purpose 5, so week five of this sermon series that we're doing, and it's entitled, You Were Made for a Mission. And there are several passages um, from Ephesians, Acts, and John, and I'll read them as well. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, 
and from Acts chapter 13, verse 36. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. And the final verse from John chapter 17, verse 18, it says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. All righty, so I believe we'll have Reverend Joshua on the line with us. Hello, Reverend Joshua, can you hear me? We can't hear you, just give us one moment. Oh, he can hear us. Welcome to Sunday service. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's good to see you again. Um, just wanted to check in with how you're going. Happy New, New Year, by the way. Yes, Happy New Year. How have you been celebrating this Chinese New Year? <laughs> um, with that, friends. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's some technical difficulties here. Yep, we're good. Um, yeah, please tell us what you've been up to in preparation for all the all the progress. Hello. Um, yeah, please let us know what you've been up to lately. We've we've been keen to hear from you. Yes, um, I've been busy um, packing, um, doing some of the uh, logistic stuff, and getting my uh, affairs in order, so to speak. Very busy at the moment. Um, I want to say it's good to see you again, and I don't think I'm going to stay up here much longer. I think I'll hand it over to you to, to deliver the sermon. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, good morning, church. Um, before we dive into the uh, sermon this morning, I'd like to wish all of you a happy Chinese New Year. Um, in a Chinese New Year, um, we often decorate uh, with the word uh, Chinese character Fu. Um, and it's also uh, inscribed onto the uh, red envelope as well. It signifies um, uh, blessings and prosperity for believers. Um, we find all our blessings in Christ Jesus. And so um, this Chinese year, as you go and visit your family and, and relatives, remember to bring with you his peace. And so I would like to uh, encourage all of us um, from the passage taken from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Um, I'd like to invite you to join with me as I open us in a word of prayer before we dive in to today's uh, sermon. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the most wonderful gift of all the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, that in him we have the fullness and the riches of God. And Lord, we are blessed to know him and to call him as our Savior and Lord. As we come um, to hear your word this morning, may you quiet down of our hearts. May you help us to give you our undivided attention 
to your word. May your word come into our hearts to transform us, to change us, to mold us to be more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. We give you the following time in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share my screen. Just can bear with me for a couple seconds here. Hey, um, as was mentioned earlier, um, we're on our last stretch of the mini-series based on Rick Warren book, Purpose-Driven Life. And today, we will be focusing on you were made for a mission. Um, how do we discover our mission in life, our purpose? Um, philosophers have given us two ways in, by which we can discover our life's mission. First, it's called existentialism. We look into ourselves. We create our own reality. Life does not have a purpose or meaning. We make what is available to us. But there's another way of finding our life's purpose. And philosophers call this essentialism, which says that we, as human beings, we can never discover what that purpose is in life just by looking deep within us. The person that you are today are not the same person that you will be next week. And the person that you're today, if you're honest with yourself, is not the same person that you were a week ago. We change minute by minute. Our taste of food changes all the time. And so we have to look not within ourselves, but outside of ourselves. For believers, the one who is able to tell us what our life's purpose and mission is, is God, the one who has created us. And so today, we'll walk through these three areas. Walking in wisdom, living with purpose, fulfilling your life's mission. Walking in wisdom, living with purpose, and finally fulfilling your life's mission. Walking in wisdom. Socrates once said, the unexamined life is not worth living. We live in a very busy uh, life and we often find ourselves packed with activities throughout the week, one after another. When we seldom find time and opportunity to sit down and reflect where you have been and where you are now, and where you will be going. And Socrates' word still rings true today, that it is important for us to pause and take time and to reflect, not just where you have been, but who you are, because an unexamined life is not worth living. The same it's true what Ephesians 5.15 telling us, telling us to look 
how you walk, but to look carefully with the added stress to the way that we walk. So, what do we mean by walking? Biblically speaking, walking refers to the way in which an individual lives or conducts his/her life. And to look means to to look means to pay attention to what you're doing, and we often get distracted, don't we, by things that goes around us, and so much time has been wasted that we wish that we could have redeemed back, that we have made better use time that God has given us, and so the Apostle Paul encouraged the. Believers in Ephesus, not to be distracted by unnecessary stuff in our lives, but be single-minded and focus in what we are doing with our time, with our resources, and with the life that God has given us. Many of you are very young, and when we're young, we're when we are healthy, we think that life is still. Ahead of us, so much, so many years for us to catch up with what we need to do, and yet time passes by the moment that we try to get hold of it. And I remember the time when、um, I was attending a farewell party of the former DS here in、um, Southern California, and so I. Made a point to clear out my schedule, and to attend this farewell party, and to congratulate him for what he has accomplished in his tenure as a DS. But I did not pay careful attention to my words, and so when I saw him, I approached him and extended my hands to shake his hand, and it just came out. I said. I have to be here, and he said, "Well, you don't have to be here, but I'm thankful that you are here." But later on, I I didn't catch on what he meant by what he said. But later on, I felt so embarrassed because he has misunderstood what I said. That I really don't want to be there, but I have to be there. But what I meant was just the opposite. And that little story reminded me that it is important for us to be careful and to be pay attention in what we say and how we carry ourselves. And the scripture has a lot to say about this. The scripture says that we are, need to conduct our life in such a way that it exemplify a person that's full of wisdom. Wisdom. It is not just to have knowledge, but to have skill in living, according to Andrew Lincoln. Wisdom is more than just knowing、um, the right knowledge. Wisdom goes beyond just, for example, what is the scripture、um, talked about? Who we are to marry is anyone that is in the Lord. But beyond that, it requires wisdom for us to discern who is the right person for us. 
And so wisdom is very much needed in our day and age, even in the 21st century when knowledge is so accessible. And yet when you go on the social media, you notice that even though we are able to have access to all sorts of knowledge, and yet social media is not just a place where people dump their what they know, but also express and exposes rather their foolishness. And so Proverbs 14 verse um, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And so we're all to not only to walk in wisdom, but in acquiring wisdom, wisdom will instruct us how to live a life of purpose. In Acts 13, verse 36, I want to highlight the word serve. We all have a boss that we serve. And not, I'm not just talking about the boss in your company, your managers. But we all have someone that we are accountable to. Now, someone may say that I'm accountable to no one but myself. But the worst boss is not the one that you work under, but you are your own worst boss sometimes. And so we all serve someone or something. But, is, but the question is, who is it that you ultimately serve? And philosophers tell us that there are two pursuit or goal in life that we uh, pursue after. For, for some, the meaning of life is to find happiness and fulfillment, and there's nothing wrong in, in of itself. But if that is your ultimate goal and ultimate end in life, then your trust has been misplaced. Um, not too long ago, um, Professor Santos, uh, she is a professor in the Department of Psychology at Yale University. And she noticed that many of her students were depressed and sad. And so she created a class called how to find happiness. And to her surprise, the first day when she uh, opened her class, there were 12, close to 1,200 students registered. And up to date, with the um, being students around the world having access to this particular class, there are over several million people have already registered and have taken the class I, for one, have um, signed up to that class as well in preparation for this, ex for this uh, sermon. And, and she said that studies have shown over and over again that we think we change our circumstances in a major way, such as the idea of a better job, fancier house, or a new relationship is the next step closer to happiness, but the studies have shown that when people have arrived 
at their destination or supposed destination, they're no more happier than they were before. And in many cases, they were even more despondent and more uh, disillusioned about life in general. And so the meaning of life is more than serving our self-interest, it's rather to serve a higher purpose. It's no wonder that you read about people who are successful and later on in, in their lives, they give of their time and their resources in giving back to, to the community, to the world. Because they realize that life is not just about acquiring, it's about giving away of their time and their resources, and in many cases of themselves. And David, too, realized this truth. For the passage went on to say that he served the purpose of God in his generation. When he was a, a shepherd's boy, picked out from among his brothers, being the youngest in the family, and being anointed with oil by the prophet Samuel, to be the next successor, to be the king of Israel. He knew that his life no longer belongs to him, but his life belongs to God and to serve his purpose. That's why he was considered as a man after his own heart. Now, I'd like to um, illustrate this by using the designer versus user. Um, we all have seen a rake. And what is a rake for? Well, it's only in the mind of the designer. What was its intended purpose of a rake? And oftentimes it's used to, by farmers to tilt the ground so that they can plant the seed. And so someone have said that, so the purpose of an artifact has two major senses. It's intended use at the point of design and creation, and it's intended use at the point of use. And we all know that a rake is more than just a farmer uses to tilt the ground. People can use it as a weapon, but it was not its intended design or creation. The same goes with human beings. What was our intended design and creation? There's no wonder people are lost and couldn't find themselves. And in search of who they are, they may take a year off to go and travel around the world in order to discover who they are. But we can know who we are from the word of God, the God who have given us his manual, his instruction, have told us what we were created or designed for. It's, that's why Paul in Colossians 1 verse 9 says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that 
you may bear fruit in every good work. Only when we know from our Creator God who, what we are designed and created for, will we be able to live with purpose. And because of that, our life is, is intentional, is purposeful. And, and from that, it offers meaning so that in all that we do, we may be able to bear good fruit. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in it. Aim at earth and you get neither. How true that statement is. And that's why Jesus said, if you were to want to gain the whole world, what profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? But he who loses his soul for my sake will gain. And so if we aim to fulfilling our own selfish desires, and that our, even our desires may not even be selfish, it may be good, but if that's all it is, you'll be sorely disappointed. But if your purpose is to live for God and for Him, you get both heaven and earth. Which brings us to our third and final point. So what is our mission then in life? Proverbs 11.30 give us a hint. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. Our life's purpose is more than just acquiring stuff. But our life's purpose is about serving our great God. And what does our God care the most? He, the scripture says he has everything. He lacks nothing. And yet there's one thing that he desired. He desired to see sinners come into repentance. He desired to save people from their destructive behavior. To redeem them from the bondage of sin. And to adopt them as his sons in his kingdom. God sent Jonah to Nineveh. And Jonah reluctantly agreed. And at the end of his mission, he was waiting for God to destroy the people in the city of Nineveh. But instead, God had compassion. And he repented in a sense that he changed his mind. He didn't, he, was, he wasn't going to destroy the city. And Jonah was very upset with God. How dare you? I knew this, what, this is what is going to happen. And God, through a plant, taught Jonah a valuable lesson that what is val valuable on this earth is the eternal souls of the individual. And scripture reminds us that God does not desire the wicked to perish, but his desire is to save all 
who comes to believe and accept his son Jesus. And so, and yet God could have sent his angels, but he, in his wisdom, in his eternal decree, he decided to, to invite us to partner with him in this redemptive work. As a pastor, what I want to see the most is people coming to know Christ, people uh, and believers to grow in their sanctification, to be more and more like Christ. And for a long time, I, I know the passage where it says, do not treasure um, treasure on earth, but treasure, sort of treasures in heaven. But we often use our modern economic sense to trying to interpret what that means. But recently I had a new insight into that very passage. What makes soul more valuable than souls? Nothing. So is the most valuable thing. And maybe what God is saying or telling us is that the treasure that he asked of us to store in heaven are the souls that we have led to Christ. Can you imagine on that day when you not just see God for who he is face to face, but the countless of people that you have made a difference and impact, not just um, their time on earth, but with eternal consequences that they come and to thank you. But because of you, they have been able to experience this eternal life with God forever. In Westminster Shorter Chasm, Catechism says, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And if we want to break down that statement, it may go something like this, that God draws people to himself so that through us we may reflect his glory. And the more that we reflect the glory of God, the more we in a sense, we possess more of him and, and therefore we able to enjoy him even to a greater extent, if that is even possible. In John 17, 18, Jesus said, just as you, Father, have sent me into the world, Jesus was commissioned by God the Father and be sent into the world to, to reflect the very glory of God. In the same way, Jesus said, as you have sent me to glorify you in the world, so I have I sent you, meaning us. The word sent means it refers to the messenger, the agent, and it's also talk about the, the type of work that this agent 
is to perform. The, the agent is to not just to talk, but that through the sharing and the deliberation of the gospel message, what we are actually doing or exercising is liberating people from the bondage of sin, from the God of this world that has blinded their eyes from seeing the truth of the gospel. And God has chosen you and me to do this very important work. So what do we mean by engaged in mission? I have uh, this uh, diagram here that um, in a secular world, you you know, you have you identify a problem, come up with an idea, and put this idea into a practical solution. And for believers, it works something like this: the world needs the gospel, and what God needs is not a, a, a just an idea. But what he needs is people who have been changed by the gospel message. And the solution is, his solution is by sending us into the world. That's the solution. In a 2022 LifeWay study, it says that 93% of the 1100 survey say that there are at least somewhat open to having a conversation of, of, about the gospel with a friend. And 81% feel similarly about speaking about faith, about faith with a stranger. However, only 53% spoke about their beliefs with loved ones at least once in the past month. Um... Believe it or not, um, I do get stage fright. I do get uh, feel intimidated when I have to speak to a stranger. And I remember um, when I was in college, I took I was uh, helping to lead a youth group, and um, during that one week uh, Chinese New Year break, I took uh, some of the youth with me to go to these. HDB uh, flat um, in Singapore, uh, where I went to for my undergrad, and um, the, each flat is about ten uh, story, having about maybe a hundred and fifty uh, families, and so we will go from floor to floor, and just knocking on doors to see who is available, and in one particular family. Um, it was, uh, there was a maid, a, a nanny, um, looking after a seven-year-old girl. And she's a Roman Catholic. And so when I tried to share the gospel with her, she pointed her finger to that seven-year-old girl saying, I, I don't need to hear gospel. I've heard it, you know, my whole life. But this girl needs Jesus. She's been, she always been very naughty. And so I didn't know what to do. So, um, in faith, I, 
I, I shared the gospel to her. And she was, and throughout the sharing the gospel, I paused and asked the girl if she understood what I am sharing. But I had my doubts. Um, she kept on nodding her head and says, yes, she understood. And then at the end of our sharing of the gospel, I invited her to accept Christ. And she closed her eyes and she repeated the sinner's prayer. Well, my job was done. I didn't think too much about it. I didn't know if he actually understood uh, what she was praying. But just, a, just when we were about to leave, the nanny stopped me and says, can you also pray for me? Because I want to accept Christ into my life as well. And that really um, broke my heart that, um, that God could use such a, uh, unfavorable, I would say, circumstances and imperfect human being like myself. And, and that, and with the imperfect gospel that I presented, that God can use that and can save someone. Now, I still have stage fright. I still feel intimidated whenever I go and talk to a stranger. But I'm being reminded again and again why I need to do this, why I need to go out of my comfort zone and to share the good news. As Trevor Wax, a theologian and an author said, Acts tells us that King David died only after fulfilling God's purposes for him in his generation. In the same way, for such a time as this, God has placed each one of us in a certain location and has charged us to spread the news and fragrance of his kingdom. And this is why we should do this, myself included. As Paul encourage himself and us today. It is no longer I who live. It is not I who I serve, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So as a recap, we ought to make use and to maximize the time that God has given us. So we are all to walk in wisdom. Wisdom will help us to know how to live a life with a purpose. And that purpose is to serve God and his kingdom. Let's bow our head in prayer. Our gracious God, we thank you for all that you have done for us in your son, Jesus Christ. Out of obedience, he submitted himself to your will when he was sent into this world, a world that eventually crucified him and nailed him on the cross. The same Christ that was sent is now sending us into our family, 
into our workplace, into this, into our community, into our, into this world, to be your spokesperson, reflecting your glory, and communicating the the good news of the gospel that alone can save us from our sin and from the eternal judgment that will befall the world. How terrible that day will be. And Lord, as imperfect as we are, we have nothing to give to you but ourselves. And may you be pleased to use each and every one of us to be that channel of blessing to people that we come across. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Joshua. Um, indeed, um, even for us who play music, it is by God's strength um, instead of our own strength that we do any of this um, and lead everyone in service. But that said, um, shall we all stand and continue to sing praises to our Heavenly Father? And in this next song, um, I urge you to reflect upon the words, the lyrics of the song um, when it comes to what it means to serve in the name of Christ.
with the message this morning, I remember the, I'm reminded about what children usually say when their toy, they don't share their toys. They would always say, sharing is caring. May we not be selfish in sharing God's love to others. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord, for sending us your Son, Jesus, that in him we have freedom, forgiveness, and eternal life. Lord, grant us the vision of your kingdom. Grant us forgiveness and new life. Lord, grant us the steering of your spirit in our lives so that we may proclaim your love and saving grace to people around us for the expansion of your kingdom. Lord, may your spirit make us wise. May your spirit guide us. May it strengthen us so that we may be strong in the faith, courageous in witness and persistent in good deeds. Lord, Today, we would like to uphold and continue to pray for Pastor Joshua as he prepares to become our senior pastor. Lord, we pray for his visa application and its fast processing according to your will. Lord, we also pray for God's wisdom and guidance to be upon the leadership team. We pray, Lord, that we may be empowered to live in the truth that we hear in sermons and teachings. Lord, aid us in doing, not just hearing your word. Grant us strength to apply what we learn. And may our actions mirror our beliefs, showing your love and truth. Lord, we continue to pray for the conflict in Gaza. May your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, as we bow our heads and lift up our plans to you, we pray that you bless our hearts, minds, to know that we have done well in your eyes. Lord, we pray for assurance that we are operating within your will. Be with each one of us who are present here and be with those who are not able to come. May your presence also be with them. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's remain standing as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.